Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. It's the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby, and of course, we talk about things that our small and medium-sized nonprofits need to know to fundraise more effectively and better. I am. Uh, it's a little different this week. I, we had a best of last week, which was um, which was awesome uh, because we had a lot going on at the old office. So we did a best of. We have a, a whole host of uh, podcasts coming up in the next couple of weeks that are going to be fantastic. But we punted. We did a best of, and then this week is a little different because it's just me solo in the office. Um, and I'd love to talk about a topic that is, I think on the surface is depressing, which is loss. Um, and I, and typically I sit at the, the podcast desk and I do interviews and uh, work with clients and to try to be the beacon of positivity and awesomeness. But when the person who is the beacon of positivity and, um, you know, smiles and happiness and joy has a crappy work week and a crappy life week, how on earth do we translate that and to make sure that others feel great even though we're feeling like garbage? And it uh, occurred to me that a lot of us in the nonprofit world probably feel the same way, that we are expected to be um, wonderful storytellers and, and the um, ambassadors of positive thinking, et cetera. But when kind of stuff happens to us or when things kind of don't go our way or when we experience loss – how do we deal with that when our expectations are to be so overtly positive? And that's been something I have been struggling with this week, and I wanted to kind of work through it in real time with you as someone who, from an audience standpoint, I think gets it more than a lot of people. Um, in the entrepreneurial world, it's super lonely where you don't have a lot of people to talk to. So I'm going to use you as my uh, my own little therapy couch today about this. Um, so let me give you a little back uh, story because I think this has a lot to do with fundraising. I wrote about it this week. I'm going to reference a couple of things that we we blogged about, et cetera, um, and, and trying to help people sort of work through this. It's very similar to, I think, episode seven in this season of the podcast with Lamar Hill and he's talking about mental health. It's October. It's Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, the ironies keep on coming. Um, Monday had a had a delightful day. Facebook was down. I don't know how much joy that brought uh, you, uh, but to me it was wonderful. I got to not stress about catching up with uh, with with folks and messages and pings. Um, and as I was writing about it, I uh, got a phone call from my dad that my grandpa, who uh, lives down in Sioux City, Iowa, had a massive stroke. My dad just got out of surgery, so he's not uh, capable of heading down there. It's, it hits dad. And so I called my brother up, 
uh, he and I decided that we were going to go down to be the first line of offense to help the family down there. Um, and it was it was really um, sort of on the whim, on the like it was a moment where we just kind of said, "All right, buck up, we got to go." Wife and kids were at home, and, and uh, wife did a wonderful job, and, and just such a stellar and fantastic uh, way of saying you got to go. So she was uh, kind of manning the house, and uh, and we went down there, and we were the first uh, two to kind of a see him in the hospital, and uh, and it's it's pretty bad. The outlook's not great. I've done a lot of my pre morning already, and um, and I think that's kind of helping in one sense. Um, and we were down there and uh, just helping anywhere we could. So in the back of my brain, I'm thinking about uh, you know future loss on what that looks like. Um, and I got back yesterday and uh, to double down on just sort of general uh, crap week, had to put my dog down. Got a little bitey with kids and turns out that the uh, breeder that we uh, got her from has been uh, alerted uh, to several, more than several actually, uh, dogs that uh, have aggressive behavior from a breed that shouldn't be aggressive. And there's no rescue in sight within 500 miles that would even uh, look at her to take her because of her aggressive behavior. And so within uh, 72 hours of seeing my grandfather, uh, who is just post-stroke to coming home, and having to put a dog down, loss has been heavy on me. And I feel like in the nonprofit world, we try to have quick wins, big wins. We want to celebrate, right? That's what Thursdays are for. That's what we um, we, we talk about and we preach about a loss. But what if, what if we don't have a win to celebrate? What if we need to internally celebrate a loss? And I feel like that is a weird thing to say. How do we celebrate a loss? What do we learn from that as a loss? And I think as I'm driving back five hours from Sioux City, Iowa, I kind of came up with the, you know, the idea that we have to uh, look to our reactions to losing rather than what losing is. Our reaction to losing is going to be a lot more important because of the personalities that we have, these positive outlook personalities. Um, I looked on the internet for, you know, every Brene Brown quote ever, and it became very apparent that I was not going to find anything that was meaningful there, except for the fact that, um, you got to look back maybe 2000 years to the Stoics and Stoics are kind of this philosopher group that back in the, you know, Greek and Roman, uh, era that, you know, sort of sat on an Island and just kind of said really smart things and then jotted them down. Um, I found a quote by Seneca was an interesting character all himself. Google that guy. He's just a, he's a crazy dude. And, uh, and one of the quotes that I found was, how does it help to make troubles heavier by bemoaning them? And I've thought about this a lot. And it is perfect when we are talking about the loss of a donor, the loss of a dog, the loss of a family member, the loss of an event, the loss of a grant all these things that we deal with, both personally and professionally as losses, can be summed up with how does it help to make troubles heavier than by bemoaning them? Dwelling doesn't help, but moving forward does. And I think the organizations that move quickly, 
to try to address what to do next rather than sitting on it for a longer period of time, um, but get more problems. And I'm not suggesting to forget it. And I'm not suggesting to move on quickly mentally right, or emotionally, but actions have to go. Um, I gave a couple of examples this week, and I'd just like to walk through them because I think it's going to help uh, sort of uh, this thing, right? So how do we, you know, from a week that's involved in a lot of personal and professional loss here, um, how do you move forward as quickly as you can without forgetting some of the lessons that you learn from the experience? And I know that that sounds woo-woo-y a lot. <laughs> like it's really woo-woo-y. Um, but I think we got to take um, – I think we got to take a moment to do this. So, for example, let's just say you were uh, out in the soliciting uh, soliciting world, right? And um, the organization or the program or the service that you poured everything into, you have a conversation with a donor and you ask them for a gift and they say no or they're not interested. That sucks. That's a real kick in the teeth. And I think a lot of uh, us in the nonprofit world would take a step back and be almost offended by it because we poured everything that we have into it. Like how on earth could they not see the benefit that this program or service or organization has to the community? You might ask that a lot. And I think that's a really good question to ask right away. On the other hand, let's look at why that no is important, right? If the donor says no or he's not interested or she's not really concerned about the programs and services that you do, it's okay. It probably wasn't a good fit for them. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your pitch. It has nothing to do with your organization's mission statement. It probably has nothing to do with you personally. But if they don't have the affinity for it, that's okay. It hurts. It stings. The no- Nobody wants to hear the word No. Of course, lesson you have kids. I hear that all the time. But unless you are just um, just shocked at people like that, that is that is a shocking thing to hear, and nobody wants to hear it. But you know what? It's okay. We talk a lot about alignment, and um, if they, as a donor, are not aligned with your organization, they're probably aligned with somebody else. So they're probably giving or supporting or actually uh, doing good in the community in other places that not, aren't necessarily yours, which hurts, but they're doing good. And I think how to move on from that is I'm curious to, say, to ask, what other organizations are you supporting? It's a question we probably should have asked before we um, you know, made a financial ask. But they might say, um, we're really into frontline workers. We're really into frontline healthcare workers. And I know you've got a great organization that helps you know, feed the homeless, but we're not interested in that. We're interested in frontline workers. My daughter or uh, our son uh, is, a, is a nurse or a doctor or a physician that sees COVID patients and they're really ravaged this right time. And we're pouring our heart and our soul and our finances into that, not necessarily you know, food scarcity. Well, what you can take away from that is, wow, these people are really helpful. These really people are very uh, loving and, and, and del- delightful, you know, uh, contributors into our community. You should embrace that and you should celebrate that. Yeah, the no sucks. But if they aren't aligned, that's okay. Dwelling on that no isn't going to help. 
connecting those individuals to maybe another group that's helping frontline workers that maybe you know about, that does. That helps the community in the long run. And in fact, it probably helps uh, you communicative-wise with the donors, knowing that you are care you care more about their affinity for what makes them feel great more than your particular mission or your ask at the moment. And all of a sudden, in the eyes of the donor, they see you as a teammate or a someone they can rely on that's not just desperate for cash and so mad that the no. So it's really important not to dwell on that particular no because, honestly, they could be really good champions for you. They could say your reaction to that no and your follow-up in a more positive sense of what you do forward, right? Not bemoaning it, but moving forward is going to really connect with a donor in a way that they wouldn't have realized uh, by just saying yes. Of course, they say, you know, you expect to say thank you after a gift or they say yes, we'll totally donate to you. You say, oh, thank you very much. What they don't expect is, I totally understand. How else can I connect you with somebody else who's connected with those frontline workers for you? It's an interesting way about thinking it. You had a loss. There's a no. You're immediately disappointed. But your reaction to this is not to bemoan the fact. It is to move on as quickly as possible. What did you learn right away from that? Some of the grants and foundations that are coming in at the end of the year, right? So you've probably applied. You've spent a lot of time and energy and effort on a lot of those things. You've got a finite amount of money to distribute. Not everybody is going to get funded. And when your organization is left off of the list of the nonprofits that they supported, you might be looking down the barrel of a budget that relied on that gift. Or maybe you've gotten that funded um, uh, grant for a number of years and you're shocked at the loss of a big number coming down the pike. And you've got two and a half months left to fundraise for it for the end of the year, and that's what your budget is going to rely on. And there's some funding um, opportunities that are just not going to be able to be available. That sucks. That's a loss. And you might bemoan immediately the fact that, like, how the hell are you going to make up a large hole in your fundraising? That's a legitimate loss. It's legitimately a loss. Again, going back, how does it help to make the troubles heavier by bemoaning them? It doesn't. So how do you look at an opportunity that your organization has to be have a more balanced approach to your fundraising to ensure that this doesn't paralyze your nonprofit going forward? If you are so reliant on this one grant that you might not get and it doesn't come through, I think that there's now an opportunity that you can go and pivot and say, okay, our balance of our fundraising is not in alignment. So we got to get our butts going to get, you know, maybe increase in annual giving. Maybe we need to increase some of our major gifts to make up for that. It gives you an opportunity to tell a story to some of your potential major donors to say, hey, listen, we were not selected as part of this thing. It was a shock to us. And now we have to find a way in order to fundraise for these particular programs and services that we were going to do. Is there a possibility that you'd be interested in helping us close that gap? What a great opportunity for a conversation to have. And now you're not bemoaning the loss, but you're seeing it as an opportunity to have really good and really critical conversations with some of your donors. Awesome. 
How awesome is that? It's pretty good. So again, not bemoaning the fact that you had the loss, but quickly saying, okay, what did we do? Did we not fill out the forms correctly? Okay, screw it. We're going to go find a way forward. We're not going to sit on it. We're not going to dwell on it. We're going to make a move. One of the things that I've seen a lot is this hesitation of doing in-person events. We're still in COVID, uh, you know, crisis. Sometimes we live in states where we uh, don't necessarily think that's true. And you look at football games and college football games where packed 100,000 stadiums and yet, you know, our numbers are climbing and, you know, how do you, how do you deal with Thanksgiving and Christmas? And yet people are all over. It, it's all over the place. We're looking at losses from events. What if an event gets canceled? What if it's going online and nobody wants to do it or you haven't prepared for an online um, uh, event at all? That's a loss. It's a big loss, a big revenue loss too. And so maybe it's the lack of interest or the lack of safety reasons that people just didn't go to your event or they're mad that the event didn't happen. Where's the enthusiasm? Are you worried that that's going to decline? And on the surface, that sucks. And that your leadership team is probably wondering, well, how are we going to make up that budget? Well, if your event gets canceled, what's the use in bemoaning it, right? It's your next step that's going to make a really big difference. Yeah, the loss is painful. It's stupid. It sucks. It's the worst. And taking time to just, you know, uh, think about it and just and just work through it and and shed the tears for the hard work that you put into it. But this might be an opportunity to have a better and more intimate conversations with those who that typically come to your event. If you're in a big event ballroom, there's 700 people. You can't get to 700 people and have really good, meaningful conversations with them because it's loud and people are drinking and there's auctions to be had or whatever you're doing at your particular event. Not a lot of opportunity for you to have real good conversations. You might high five in passing. Great dress, great shoes, love the way your tux looks, whatever. That's great casual conversation, but look at the opportunity that you might have saving yourself the amount of time the logistics took to do that in-person event that you can now take time that you would have spent picking out chicken or fish and spending it with really good quality time with your donors, having good intimate conversations about the programs and services that they support. Not bemoaning the fact that you can't have an event where you might not be able to talk to them. But those that typically came to the ballroom in masses, now you get to form deeper relationships with them. And you know what comes with deeper relationships? Bigger gifts over a longer period of time. And that is a win from a loss. Losing sucks. Losing a dog sucks. Losing a grandparent sucks. Losing a, a job sucks. Losing a donation sucks. Losing a grant sucks. It sucks. But it's, it, it's really interesting if you take it from a 10,000-foot view and pull back to say, okay, what do you do now? And I think the organizations that figure out how to quickly move on and stop sitting and, and sort of crying about it, and not from a I need to deal with this because you have to. That's the healthy way to do it. But from those who just bemoan it over and over again without moving forward, Man, that is step backwards after step backwards after step backwards. And I really think that in a month of October, when we're talking about mental health awareness and, 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 and the stresses we put out to the world or the stresses that we put on ourselves when losses come, 
and they might come hot and heavy. You know how this works, right? Wins beget wins and losses beget losses. It just seems like it stacks on stacks on stacks either way. And if you've got a lot of loss sitting there, um, know that, A, you're not alone. This is a uh, this is a type of job in the philanthropy world where we just have to suck it up because we know it's coming. It doesn't make it any less horrible. It doesn't. Um, but I think if we have a mental game plan to say, okay, I've got a certain amount of time that I'm going to get to be sad and there's a certain amount of time that I am going to set aside to just think about it, but my actions are going to move forward. I had a wonderful mentor that would give me the opportunity to um, to bitch and moan for 15 minutes in the first part of the conversation that, that he would have with me. I'm going to give you 15 minutes and then we're going to go and solve our problems. In an hour-long conversation, you get 15 minutes just to be sad. But that 45 minutes within that hour is going to be, we're going to get to the bottom of this to find a path forward because that forward is what you're going to pour your energy into. Your uh, your your anger, your sadness, your emotion is going to be put into it. And whether you're a small business owner or a small nonprofit or a medium-sized nonprofit with, with some board help or some staffing, pour your energy and your sadness about the loss into what you're going to do next. And I think you could freaking got that afterwards. It's going to be great. I feel like this was therapeutic for me. I feel like I needed to say this. I think I feel uh, even with some of the the writing and the responses and some of the emails I've gotten this week on the blog, um, apparently a lot of people needed to hear that too. And I hope that your losses weren't um, great. I I hope they were uh, very small this week or this month. And I hope that you're able to bounce back quickly because um, as somebody who is – uh, built to be joyful. And I know that you are because you're in the nonprofit world. This is the joy of helping others and the joy of building a community and the joy of finding a solution to some of the social ills and social woes that you are. I think that this speaks to you. It's okay to be sad and it's okay to uh, uh, hate a loss or, or, a, or losing. It's, it, again, we've established it sucks. But as somebody who is thoughtful about um, being positive is how do you spin this and take that energy and turn it positive? And I think, and I think that putting it into action and, and glancing at it from a higher view is, is how you're going to do it. So I hope you have a, a, a killer week, man. I really do. I hope everybody has a great week. We're going to be back to the uh, podcast with interviews and things starting next week. Um, but this was helpful, and I wanted to thank you for listening because this was um, this made me feel like I've got a, uh, a support system out there in the uh, podcast universe. So, uh, uh, hey, if you get an opportunity, why don't you uh, throw us a, a like and a review here, and whether you're on Apple um, or uh, or head over to Google and and do your uh, your likes and reviews. I think that it would help us. I think it would be awesome. And if you have a topic of conversation, hey, shoot me an email, patrick at dogoodbetterconsulting.com. We might do a couple of these later. This might felt a little too great <laughs> in the podcast world. appreciate you guys sticking around and uh, stopping by the official Do Good Better podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. 
So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you go to dogooduniversity.com, that's dogooduniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, A Practical Guide to Staying Sane While Doing Good for Free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today.